Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 33, the E3 33 special. Oh wow, it actually ended up being episode 33, how's that? Yep, lead speak for E3. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's me, Matt, and I'm here with Susie and Tim. Say hello at the same time, both of you. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah. you want to try that again? We're going to have to go take two uh, on that one. Ready? One, two, three, go. Hello. Hello. Okay. Lag. <laughs> lag. That was, one of you has lag. That was fucking terrible. Anyway, um, <laughs> E3's on this week. Lucas isn't here because he's just got a fucking hectic life, that boy. It's insane. So we're going to um, go through a few things here. What we've seen, what we like from this year's E3. Uh, what we didn't see that we would have liked to see. Um, and what we... I don't know where I was going with that. That's a pretty good intro. Yeah. Um, It'll do. <laughs> it will do. <laughs> this is going to be a fantastic episode, as you can tell. So we're going to start with, instead of what we've been playing, we're going to talk about what games in particular we've really uh, really caught our eyes individually. So can I, can I just say that E3 presses are rubbish? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, they just are. There's there's next to nothing good about how they're presented at all. I kind of like EA's. Maybe that's EA's. a personal thing. EA's was good, but that was just because it, it was really business-focused. like Yeah, I didn't get to see it, but that, that actually sounds like it may have been a better one. Yeah, because they, they came out, Riccatello, the, um, what's his name? What's, I don't know what his first name is, the EA. John? John maybe? Riccatello. Yeah. I don't even know if that's his name. Anyway, he came out, I think it was him. <laughs> It was some guy from EA came out and he was like, look, we're not going to do the same thing that the other guys do with all their fluff and shit. We have 10 games to show you. So I have 10 people here to show you 10 games. And then he left the stage and, you know, they each came out. Sold. And um, there was no fucking dancing... There was, there was a couple of celebrities. They had a... Fuck, that was stupid. Fucking, I've barely seen it. And I'm sorry to get the swears in early. There was two. That, the Ubisoft one and the Microsoft one both had. That. Yeah, that is just so stupid. Do not do that. <laughs> How are they going to show off Dance Central and Just Dance, mate? Unless they oh, get Usher. Fucking. Jeez. Anyway. <laughs> How about we actually shoot people to show games about shooting? You know, that's so ridiculous. Well, they got. <laughs> to... To be fair, EA got a retired, some retired NFL dude to come out and talk about Madden. Oh, did he tackle someone and beat the fuck out of him on, on some grass? <laughs> no, he was just talking about how he's... Because it, it was talking about a new feature in Madden where basically the same thing FIFA has where you can start a player and play him up through his career and accept that it has experience points. Yeah, so good. So he you, talked about the game. That's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Like, good on him. He didn't fucking do some sort of dance or, I don't know. Sorry. That, yeah, I suppose. Nah, I that see was what you mean. Absolute rubbish. Oh, it's a personal thing. Maybe no one else shares the same view as me, but it's just the most ridiculous thing. How that is relevant in any way 
Well, yeah, there fucking, was... fucking years from now, I'm going to be playing my Xbox saying, oh, I remember the E3 where they had dancers or performers on a fuck off. Yeah, every, hang on, every hang year. on, hang on. I Listen, E3 two years ago was awesome when Dance Central was first showcased. They had, <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't have some performer do it. They just had someone from, I think, Harmonics come out and actually show a demo of it being played. That was okay, good. but they actually played the game though. That's that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's it. That's... You don't need you don't need Usher performing. In fact, save Usher or anyone else who's part of the soundtrack. Save them for the game at launch, and then have a fucking ticker take parade for. That would actually make more marketing sense. If you yeah. did some sort of launch at a shop, Usher performed, people are there with their dollars and they want to buy the game. Okay, uh, that's oh. probably about as much as we should say about that because well, <laughs> I'm just going to get angry. Ub- Ubisoft had Flowrider. <laughs> Ubisoft had Flowrider and he came out at, at the end. He he walked over to the um, most ridiculous – she wins the most ridiculous host award. Although I, I suppose Reggie fees me from um, – Nintendo, he's a pretty ridiculous host. But uh, Aisha Tyler, who hosted the Ubisoft one, she was a bit of a fucking crazy woman. Um, I didn't see much. I don't know where it's going with that. Oh, yeah, Flo Rider, he came over and he goes, I just love that I'm collaborating with um, Just Dance 4. It's going to be great. It's got my song Good Feeling that everyone fucking loves because it gets played a thousand times a day on the fucking radio. Oh, God. Um. Oh, no, funny thing from EA's press conference before we kick into what we liked. Um, midway through it, Rick, John Riccatello, I'm going to just keep calling him John. I sure hope that's his fucking name. He just comes out and he goes, oh, I just want to point out, um, what are they called, West and Zappelli? What, the guys from Infinity Ward? Yeah. Oh, yeah whatever. Name check, anyone? Anyone? Uh, You're name-checking Infinity Ward and you won't name-check John Riccatello. And by the way, that is his name. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. He's only one of the most successful freaking CEOs in the plan- on the planet. Western Zampella. <laughs> the two knobs from Infinity Ward. <laughs> We're going to make sure we get them right. Vince. Jason. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Jason West and Vince Zampella, who were with Infinity Ward and they bailed and joined EA. And they're the guys who've got that whole... Oh, they've reached a settlement five days yeah, they ago. Yeah, they reached settlement. But... um. No, no, no. They didn't bail. They were fired. Anyway, they went to EA. And so midway through the EA thing, completely randomly, in fact, not even randomly, right? Rick, John Riccatello goes, I just want to say hello to a couple of special people we've got in the crowd, Jason West and Vince Sampella, and the camera cuts to them and they just wave. And then it goes into fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Peter Moore and one of the guys from Dice coming out to talk about Battlefield 3 Premium. Just like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, we've got these guys in our crowd. Suck it, Activision. You don't even have a fucking press conference, so piss off. Although <laughs> an Activision press conference would be, probably be pretty cool to watch. Would have been funny. So, Susie. Yes. What, should we just pick one each and then like rotate three times or what, what are we doing here? Pick three, do one each and then start again? Well, I don't really... We're breaking the fourth wall here, guys, as we're known to do. <laughs> the, only, the only thing um, that I really have taken away from E3 so far that has been really awesome is the announcement of Gears of War Judgment. For me, that was incredible. 
because um, finishing Gears of War 3, it was very bittersweet because it more or less meant, okay, there's not much else that can sort of happen from here. And that's that's more or less the end of the series. So um, people have been very tight-lipped about Gears of War Judgment uh, for nothing uh, to have cropped up on the radar to date. So that was a massive surprise for me. There was a lot of surprises this year. It was awesome. It was good. Absolutely Fuck, awesome. that's what E3 needs because the last couple of years, man, so many things have just been leaked and leaked and leaked. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, Gears of War Judgment, that will definitely, I'm sure they're not going to fuck up fourth time in a row. I mean, not, <laughs> that's not, that didn't come out right. What? <laughs> they're not going to fuck up on the, on the fourth one after three awesome games, is what I meant. There you go, that's better. <laughs> I was about to yeah. march well, up You was about to get yourself slapped. <laughs> that was about to kill me. Yeah, no, it's um, I I'm a massive fan of the Gears of War uh, franchise, and so to finally get the prequel that I've kind of it's not the prequel I was sort of hoping for. Um, I because someone asked me today, what is Gears of War Judgment, and I went, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is it's a prequel. Actually, X Factor, but in the Gears of War universe, and you get to judge people. <laughs> I thought you took um, X Factor comics. I'm <laughs> Sorry. It is a prequel and it's set a few weeks following the events of E Day. And uh, essentially, that that's. That stands for about... Urgent Stay, guys. There you go. Very good. That's, my, that's um, the limit of my Gears of War canon <laughs> knowledge. Um, and it takes place 14 years before Gears 1. So it is a prequel of sorts. Um, it looks like you'll be playing as Baird from the series. Um, and uh, it looks like he was lieutenant at one point. That sounds so, awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. And another good thing about uh, Gears of War Judgment is just a, a few changes they've made with the multiplayer. They'll be introducing a new mode called uh, Overrun, which essentially is beast and uh, beast versus horde mode, essentially. So um, beast mode before was actually playing as the locusts, uh, and horde mode is playing as cog. So you will either get to choose if you want to play as the Locusts and therefore you're attacking. Uh, if you choose to play as Cog, you're defending. So that'll add a new element to multiplayer and uh, they'll be introducing a class system for the first time in the Gear series too. So you'll have your, your engineer, your soldier, your scout and your medic. So it should be interesting. Mm. Tim, any comment? Yeah. No, I, I think it's good. I think bringing classes is good. Uh, <laughs> well, sorry, I uh, love bringing a bit of class. It's, <laughs> Gears is a very... Uh, I understand a lot of people read a few different things into it, and a lot of people just don't get into it from, I guess, a cultural perspective, and that's fine. But um, for what it is, I actually think Gears is a very good example of a just a tightly refined product. The first one was pretty refined and it just kept gaining focus. Although there are odd bits in all of them that may not be the best, but I mean, that's every game, but um, I'm glad there's, there's going to be more. And Susie mentioned to me earlier in, uh, I was going to say earlier in the week, I guess it was earlier in the week, but um, yesterday we were having a bit of a chat about it. You know, people say, Oh my God, not more gears, except that, 
it isn't exactly like strictly speaking you can't say the same thing about all the for example call of duty games i mean each one is quite different but you know with gears this really does feel like it's going to be quite different um like Susie, I think I was probably expecting um, more of the core E-Day story and um, Marcus's father and, and that whole story. But I'm actually delighted that they're taking on Baird's story. He's a familiar character. I, yeah, He endeared himself to me, or the character became more endearing as it went by, and I quite like him, and, and I think we sort of both agreed that it's, it's really nice that the story's going to focus on him. Mm. I, I suppose like when I wanted a prequel, I wanted the I wanted to see what happened to Marcus to actually you know what actually gets him locked up essentially. Um, but I suppose if they're going to take it fourteen years before Gears One, does that mean he's been locked up since then, or is it shorter, or was it something there? So it could be um, scope for DLC. It could you know they might do E Day as part of the game as a flashback. You know, they, they have done some pretty creative things story-wise, um, like with the opening of Gears 1 with Marcus in prison and Dom gets him out. And then in Gears 3, it starts exactly the same, but it's a dream sequence and Anya comes in uh, and gets him out. Or have I just gotten them around the wrong way? I can't and that's remember. not really a spoiler, <laughs> folks, because it's right at the start. So, you know. It spoiled it for me. Oh, it's, 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 it's the very first thing that happens when you boot the game. So, um, that's a boot. They could a, do they would call that a boot spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a booty call. Oh, oh my no. god, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of think that Microsoft had. I'm tempted to say they almost had the best. Presentation. I think all of the press conferences were a bit well. By all, I mean the important ones: Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. I think Sony's and Microsoft's press conferences were pretty, um, pretty low key, pretty down. Like they they didn't they didn't throw out a lot of stuff that I expected there would be. At least in Sony's case, I thought there would be way more stuff, and that it was kind of a letdown. But they still did all right. But I think there's this bit of a lull happening before, um, you know, next year obviously is going to be a fucking huge year with a new Xbox and a new PS3 most likely being announced or new PlayStation. But um, one of the things that Microsoft, their conference focused heavily on was, um, as always, Kinect stuff. And I guess I've always been a bit of a fucking anti-Kinect guy. But um, I'm kind of liking what they're doing with it now. You know, it's getting more and more integration in all the entertainment applications on the Xbox, which is fast pushing the Xbox to the forefront for entertainment. Because I thought, you know, Sony does, a, the PS3 does a lot of stuff. But in comparison to what the Xbox can do, maybe not so much in Australia as they have in America. But the voice control for all of that stuff, they bring in, they finally bring in Internet Explorer to the Xbox so you can browse and you can use Kinect to browse um, and the Kinect voice stuff in in some of the games like in Splinter Cell Blacklist which was announced at the Microsoft press conference um, there's a moment where he's kind of hanging off the wall doing his little stealth thing and there's a guy uh, a guard patrolling up on this roof 
and the guy playing it goes, hey, you. And the guy kind of turns around and goes, huh, what was that? So that's a pretty cool little thing. And, like, he calls an airstrike by using his voice. And then in FIFA, they, they were using voice commands to um, substitute players and stuff like that on the fly without having to pause the game. And uh, in Madden, obviously, they were doing, like, play calls for those who know what NFL is. <laughs> play calls during the game without, you know, maybe it's easy to press a button, but it gets you more into the game, that kind of thing. And that's what I've been hoping to see from Connect. None of, like, Fable the, the Journey, which is 100% Connect controlled. That kind of shit is, like, eh, it's all right sometimes if it's done right. But I, I feel like the potential of the Connect is in all the um the better with Connect kind of stuff. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. It's good. Keep it up. You've been nice. convinced. I wouldn't say you're an anti Connect dude rather than you're mostly a, a pro Sony dude, so that's all right. We we understand. I was just you know, I was uh what do you call it? like um skeptical about it. But I think they're finally fucking using it correctly. <laughs> it sounds like Matt is finally making a connection. Oh, oh my god, this is awesome! No, we're gonna have this to fucking, gonna be great. We're gonna have to call this episode the I don't know something to do with puns <laughs> that are fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I haven't got any puns tonight. Sorry, guys. Well, now There's I, plenty more with that. Came we need from. a pun about not having any puns. Nice puns. Um. You're no pun. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) The the inevitable sigh at the end just makes it worth it. Like, yeah, that's funny. No, it's not. So, that's, that's, I don't want to say that my first thing that I've mentioned on the podcast is my favorite thing because then I'm, that's gone way too fucking far saying that Connect was my favorite thing. I think I'll save my, my best to last. So, Connect can be my fucking least favorite. Cop that. Uh, it's too good to be true. My least favorite of my favorites. Tim, um, you got anything? What did you like? Nah. I bet uh, you know I, I barely... fucking reckon you like Nintendo Land. No, I, you, let me tell you my E3 story, which is uh, I have a job and I've been working my ass off at my job, so I've barely seen anything about anything other than one or two tidbits that um, that Susie's shown me you know, after work. That's right. And also, the, I think I watched most of the Microsoft press, except I skipped through all of the talking because talking is not interesting. Showing is what is interesting. And I'm fucking sick of people just getting up and talking. Jeez, Sorry. Tim. Oh, I'm not very E3 at all. I just, it's just not a thing. You know, games, yay. But I'm not going to see them for another six to 12 months. So whatever, you know, I'll see them when they come out. And, you know, that's when... Uh, you know, I'll be keen to see him. Otherwise, I don't know, five minutes of footage is not really going to... Like, I'm glad that Gears is being made. I'm glad that I've seen a couple of promos and there are some interesting ideas. But, you know, that, that's... It's, it's, I don't know. I'm not super excited at all. There was a lot gonna, of games I'm... that are coming out in, like, two to between two to four months that were shown. That yeah. I... That, like, stuff that... I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that it hasn't been shown off. Well, Assassin's Creed 3 for the Vita. Assassin's yeah. Creed 3 Liberation on the Vita, which I'll talk about more later. But that has so, not been... Nothing has been shown of that, and it's coming out in October. 
I, I hate Assassin's Creed. I'm really sorry. I'm, I don't think it's a bad game. It's one of those games I really don't like. Um, and then they showed uh, Watch Dogs, which pretty much looks like Assassin's Creed in modern day um, with a few different things. And it looks quite interesting, but the gameplay footage that I saw almost seemed to have exactly the same structure. Uh, go to a place, meet a dude, uh, kill some other dude or, or something, and then evade. And I just thought, really? Like, it seemed to have such a robust structure, but it looks like you're doing exactly the same thing, and that's boring as all fuck. But look, again, that was seven minutes that I saw. So, you know, I can't make a judgment about the game um, based on that. Look, if anything, I think Dishonored actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, Dishonored looks good, but that's, well... Bethesda. Bethesda. Uh, Is it Bethesda? Yeah, Bethesda. It looks pretty gritty, but it looks pretty gritty in the Fallout sense where it's not just gritty for kids who like grit. It's actually gritty for adults who realize that it's a world that's pretty fucking dire and, you know, uh, it, it's it, there's nothing playground about it. And, and it isn't slightly overplayed. I mean, like Gears. I'm not going to say that Gears is overplayed. It is what it is. It's pretty cool. But Gears plays it loud, whereas Fallout... Um, and Dishonored, by the looks of it, seems to play it a little bit more subtly. So um, that, that was some, some interesting footage. If anything, I, I would have liked it if the Wii U, I don't know, I, I wish people were actually going, oh, my God, the Wii U is actually going to be amazing because of this reason, but there wasn't really any of that that I picked up. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, the Wii U. I really, like I've said in the last or maybe last two podcasts, that I'm really, I was really wanting to see big things come out of Sony, uh, not Sony, Nintendo, with the Wii U, because, you know, I want to see it succeed. But, dude, it, oh, look, it'll succeed because the Nintendo fans will buy every Mario, Zelda, Metroid, uh, you know, re-release that there is, and that's fine. Like, why not? That's great for me as a gamer, and what I want out of games. Look, it has the potential to offer some really great things, particularly where my personal tastes are heading, etc. But um, the proof will be, will be in the pudding. The, the proof will be once they release it and, and once, you know, it, it's been out for a year or two. That's why I tend not to, especially consoles, I don't get excited and anticipate their immediate release because the first six months of games on them are rubbish. Mm. Tim? Yeah. I am going to call you E3PO. <laughs> I, Matt, I think Matt's that's a good amount of silence. Is He's it? got nothing left. Um, you know what I saw? Which probably has nothing to do with E3, but it will have something to do with next year's E3, probably. A uh, little piece of paper that's leaked from Sony Development for the PS4 slash Orbis, codename Orbis. And I don't know how long ago this fucking thing leaked, but I only saw it this week, so shut the fuck up. Uh, and it says... <laughs> it says that the PS4 will be able to read PS1 disc game discs, PS2 game discs, PS3 game discs, which means full backwards compatibility. It will have a ridiculously powerful fucking CPU and all that kind of shit. And... Uh, there was something else interesting, but yeah, so it said oh, fourth quarter next expect. year. It said released um, qu- fourth quarter next year, which probably means first or second quarter 
2014. But um, for me in my life, I don't know whether I'm ready to buy three new consoles in the next 12 months. I, financially, I just don't know whether that's something that I'm prepared to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, just save for the PS4, dude. Come on. <laughs> Let's be honest here. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. You've got to admit, I... Sony make good shit. Like, let's be honest here. I mean, come on. Mm, they're okay. I this they still don't have. They have moved. as much. You you're dangerously stepping into something that I've done a lot of reading and, and speculative analysis on. I have no doubt that the cell is an amazing piece of hardware. Sony are typical, typical of. Um, Typical of them, they they make an amazing piece of hardware and in their dev kits are absolutely impossible to use. Now, I don't know to what degree this generation has. Certain studios like Naughty Dog, you know, and anyone that Santa Monica works with get a lot of support, but for everyone else designing for it, it's a fucking nightmare. And that's why we had two years of multi-platform games that performed worse on the better hardware. So you have to read what a lot of game designers talk about when they when they consider hardware a lot of the times they don't want a faster processor they want a better ram they want better data transfer rates you know there are so many other technical advances that that you can make but a lot of the time hardware manufacturers are only interested in pushing a certain kind of technology they want more polygons per second they want more computations per second and that might not you know in and of itself yeah it might be great and you can make this one tech demo i remember the car crashing that showed the cell power you know that's all fine when you make a tech demo specific for that application but try and make a game in it and can be really difficult so that's why i want a wise piece of hardware not a good piece of hardware and i don't i don't want photorealistic games i want good games regardless of how Mm. they look i don't want necessarily want more options these days i want fewer and fewer options so when i watch the trailer for um uh watchdog or is it what watchdog watchdog sorry you know pulling up a menu and having eight things you can do is just not something I want to do in a game anymore. I, the, I, I want hudless games. I want, you know, rhythmic and flowing games and you don't need more processing power to do it. You don't need more polygons for, to make great art, you know. Journey is not a game that is pushing the limits of, of texture packing and, and you know, polygons per second, but it's a beautiful game. That's what I want from gaming. So, Spending another eight hundred dollars or five hundred dollars on something to get photorealistic graphics or more polys on screen at once is not exactly going to be enough for me. Look, that's a very personal thing. So, I really am the cynic tonight, aren't I? You are super cynic. Will <laughs> will will twenty one sixty p eight uh, high definition resolution turn you <laughs> or ten eighty p three d resolution? Yeah, uh, whatever. I think they have the, the, every, all these different types of games have their place, and yes. you know, you, there's whatever. It's a few, the steamroller of fucking progress and whatnot. <laughs> Speaking of progress, Resistance Burning Skies reviews up on the website. Do not progress further than looking at it on the shelf at the store. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um. So yeah, where are we up to? Did we? Did you? Did you say you liked anything? 
Uh, look, I, I liked a lot of things. I liked Dishonored, and I liked what was that Morpeg by the Trackmania guys? Um, Shoot Mania. Shoot Mania looked very interesting. Um, as long as it's not a subscription-based game, it, it sort of feels more like Mag. So maybe it's just huge game areas, high player count, with you know a little bit less happening. So it's not like the grass is going to be animated or anything. But that that might be interesting. But like I said, you know, yeah. it, it, it was actually a lot of really cool games shown. Just you what know, about Medal, I'm Medal, Medal of Honor? Or are we saving that for Susie to talk about Medal of Honor Warfighter? Ooh, Susie, go for it. Um, well, we, it's really just a glimpse of it for now. Um, but as far as first impressions go, it looks quite amazing. Um, Frostbite 2 engine, of yeah. course. Um, yeah. Danger close to the developers of the first, well, not the first Medal of Honor, the fucking first on this generation, was it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, they're back doing it again, doing the full thing, including multiplayer this time, whereas DICE did the multiplayer last time. So that's yeah. something different. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the multiplayer component will look like. It's probably quite good that um, it's going to be done you know, all around rather than you know one company do do this and the other one does that because I guess really uh, the, the way it looked in multiplayer versus how it looked in campaign were very different, um, very similar but still very different. So um, mm. I'm really looking forward to it. I really loved Medal of Honor when I played it. Yes, I'm probably one of the few people who did, but... Yeah, I think we all did. Too bad. All of us. Yeah. So all three of us really liked it. I think. Oh, there you go. Fuck the haters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like I said before, if, if you'd really need to do some, you know, you'd have to come up with some pretty good excuses as to why it wasn't a good game because I think it served its purpose well. They've got proper tier one guys, you know, Giving them, them the yeah. research, yep. So it really doesn't get much better than that as far as the stories go. It's not futuristic. It's not trying to um, give an unrealistic storyline by any means. It's just it is what it is, and um, yeah, it's quite nice to have something, um, you know, another instalment from them. Uh, and it looks like it'd be good fun. Yeah, well, you want to talk about gritty games. I mean, that's a pretty... It's pretty... Um, it's kind of in-your-face reality style of what they... Like, the, you know, they've got the Tier 1 guys in there telling them, you know, this is what it's like, and they're de- de- designing the game around that. Um, yeah. In the last one, it was all Afghanistan, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. one, the story is going to... Um, it's kind of kind of go across a few different areas where tier one operatives around the world and they they are marketing it like each mission in the game has a direct corresponding line to a real thing that happened in life and there's so there's things like infiltrating a somalian pirate ring and like taking out the pirates or some shit you know cool and so that's just one. And then there'll be stuff in, in, you know, the Middle East and then different other areas as well. So rather than just... They just serve a cease and desist email to their ISP. Oh, different kind of pirate. Yeah. Oh, the kind with a, The kind with a fucking AK, <laughs> yo. <laughs> 
But that'd, that'd be really interesting because generally whenever it's uh, there's been issues with the Somali pirates, etc., you know, those, like, it's the seals that go out and, yeah. and do it. So I think playing from that perspective will be really, really interesting and considering how nice um, the last Medal of Honor actually looked and sounded and played, etc., I, I just think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And well, the last one wasn't on Frostbite 2 either. And so there's a big, yeah. the big graphical and audio jump from Frostbite 2. But I think this one's going to be very different to the last one because yeah. obviously the last one was following this little, these, you know, one or two different soldiers in, you know, from being dropped off in Afghanistan to being lifted out, basically. Right? Uh, SEALs yeah. and T1, there were three. No, it was Rangers. No, there were, there were, there were four. There was Rangers, Seals, um, Tier One, and um, I'm just trying to think back to the icons. But yeah, that's that's basically the way that it worked, right? It went from yeah. you jumping out of this helicopter or whatever, and then fighting as a soldier, wasn't it? Wasn't the first one as like a just as a soldier or something? Or it, it, they changed each level. Yeah, changed each level. And so, whereas this time it's going to be, rather than being all, you know, following a little story throughout Afghanistan, it's going to be worldwide, with bigger, um, uh, whatever. That'd be cool. That'd be cool because um, that's that's similar to what's what's been happening in Ghost Recon Future Soldier, and it's awesome. It's really awesome uh, globe trekking in different. Situate like different environments and countries and and all that, so that should be really fun. This was probably a good time to mention The Last of Us, Matt, because you and I had a bit of a chat about it. Um, the reason why I mention it in relation to Ghost Recon is that, firstly, it looks amazing. Yes, and, I, and I'm also I haven't heard much of the music, and I sort of don't want to spoil that part of it, but I love that. Um, Gabriela Santoralaya, who did, who does the music for um, Inaritu's films, you know, Babel and Beautiful, and uh, I, th- I think he also did Twenty One Grams, like that. That's pretty cool. That excites me. But um, I don't know. And you know, I'm not. You know, you guys all know that I'm not a massive pacifist, and you know, I play violent games, so it's not really about being anti-violence. But in Ghost Recon, you ha- there are a lot of opportunities where you can choose not to kill and you don't always have to kill. And the footage that I saw of The Last of Us just felt like you had to kill everyone. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know whether that's a problem or not. Obviously, we haven't played the full game. They might really cast a good light on it. But for some I reason, I think it's it, going it, to fit in sit- with what they're going for with the game because it's, yeah. it's survival. It's like kill or be killed. I think yeah, is the idea. I know. Yeah. Yeah, look, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it, it's it been given a greater context. Um, I don't know. I just I hope so. I'm, I'm hoping it's not like he's a Superman and he can just walk through and go, you know what? You're all fucked. There needs to be that level. Because the idea of the game is it's a survival kind of suspense thriller, right? That's I think that's what they're aiming for on this. And if... <laughs> You know, they, there's going to need to be a certain level of um, of of tension, 
Well, I don't know. We, we especially getting Santolaya um, on board, it seems to want to be really, really introspective. Like that's that's I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but particularly just the tone and the theme um, seem to suggest that. And I don't. I think want that's it. perfect for that as well. But. Yeah, I, I hope it is. I, I just hope it is. That's all. I hope that you get a you get some context for the violence, and that at some point people show some humanity, even if you know that it's necessary or you feel like it's a necessity to kill or be killed, it's still got to do something to you. You know, I don't know, maybe I don't think I'm, I'm trying to be anti-violence. I just, I just want to see a greater context for once, you know, and it seems like a good opportunity to do that. And it might really disappoint me if it doesn't. Mm. I just hope because, they don't I mean, do it with like cheap, using cheap oh, tactics yeah. Yeah. to draw out the humanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I agree. Because there's a couple of easy options they could go with having, you know, the story is you've got to protect this little, like, 12-year-old girl. And there's some, yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's I some concepts I'm... that could go into play there that would, you know, maybe not to draw out humanity, but to draw out a human emotional response from the player. Yeah, it's like the cheapest and most predictable thing possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think I know where you. I, I feel like something like that is probably going to happen. I just hope they don't do it in a way that is like, okay, time for you to be offended now, or time for you to be shocked and appalled. Yeah. Oh, well, I tell you what, to to come full circle and to come back to what Susie's saying about gears, and one other thing I think that impressed us most, um, and it's a subtle thing. I don't, I didn't feel it was overplayed, Susie. At the end of Gears Three, after all is said and done, Marcus is not a happy man for various reasons, I and mean, we shouldn't spoil it. And I like that. That's good. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. rejoicing. There's no celebration. He's really, really questioning what he's lost, regardless of the outcome of the war. Absolutely. You know, and number one, didn't expect that from Gears. And number two, I expect more from a lot of different games. Like, come on, if you can see that in Gears, you know. Oh, that's people hated that... that in Mass Effect 3. I don't want to go yeah, into well. I don't want to go into spoilers because <laughs> I had to chop, chop out a couple of chunks in the last episode. <laughs> but, um, yeah, same thing, you know, not your fucking standard ending and people crack it. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it is what it is. You either like it or you don't. Or it was okay or meh. As long as, long <laughs> as you don't finish Gears of War 3 and then go, this whole game is fucked because of the ending. <laughs> That's like when I complain about the Uncharted 3 ending if I'd have said the whole game is ruined by this ending. Because it's not. No. But I don't want to fucking go into that again. Because we've got important shit to talk about, like <laughs> Battlefield 3 Premium. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, what, sorry, I am totally ignorant. What is what is it? Uh, so, Call of Duty Elite. <laughs> Does anyone know what Call of Duty Elite is? Yeah. Yes. Uh, can you explain it to me? Because I only know vaguely. I assume it's like a, a subscription service where you get DLC for Call of Duty games and a couple of extra bonuses. Yeah? Yeah. That's pretty much what it is, yes. Okay, so Battlefield 3 Premium, you get, for those who haven't bought Back to Carcand DLC yet, you get that. Plus the new DLC pack coming out, uh, you get exclusive early access to each of the DLC packs. Okay, so there's going to be five total 
according to their what they said, I think, including back to Karkand. So four more to come. Uh, each one, a Battlefield 3 Premium member will get it, and will get it early. Two weeks early for PS3 users, one week early for Xbox users and PC users. Um, you also get a bunch of dog tags and camo skins and shit like that. Um, the next... So basically, that's what it is. You get bonuses and DLC. The first DLC pack for it, apart from Back to Car Candy's Close Encounters, which is a all infantry, all infantry maps. Close quarter isn't close quarters. Oh, close, yeah, close quarters. Yeah, I thought it was close quarters. Yeah. It's close quarters, and it's all indoors. The maps actually look pretty impressive, to be honest. Yeah, it's all in infantry stuff, no vehicles, and then you know I probably should have fucking research this uh the maps are very vertical they've you know they're not just long sprawling flat bits of land like all the other maps from battlefield sorry um they they actually look pretty cool i've I've seen a couple of videos of them just this evening and um if i wasn't already almost totally given up on battlefield i may at some point give them a try Mm. um yeah, well, if you want to get all the DLC packs for 80 Australian dollars. Oh, my God, really? Uh, that's how much Battlefield 3 Premium is. For, no, I, is no, that, no way. Is that a 12-month no thing? I think it's just for I, Battlefield um, 3. Because Call of Duty Elite is a subscription thing, right? Call of Duty Elite, um, generally, however much you... Yeah, essentially, it's, it's a 12-month subscription. However... You can either pay for it or you get it free with a hardened edition of Call of Duty. Yeah. So but what you pay thirty, forty dollars more for the game, you get a twelve month subscription free with it rather than paying eighty. If they're trying to charge eighty dollars for something that also includes back to Carcand, they're dreaming. Well oh, people will pay it I reckon. I've re- it's like I already have it. In fact, it was it was more or less. I don't think I even paid for it because no, I we had, didn't because we had no yeah, one of the limited special editions or pre-orders or whatever the stupid. Uh, thing. They're, they're kidding! Right. If I want so you know, it's nah. Battlefield Three Close Quarters, <laughs> which is out now. Battlefield Three Armored Kill, which comes out in September, which is going to be like the biggest maps ever on Battlefield any on the Battlefield Three. And it's going to be really heavily involving vehicles, obviously, because the maps are fucking massive. Um, Battlefield 3 Aftermath. Do you get a segue? No, but <sighs> I think in either Aftermath I'd, or... I'd have bought it for sure if they had a segue. Or a bicycle. Okay. What? Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Battlefield 3 Aftermath, December 2012, and Endgame, March 2013. And in one of those two, I can't remember which one... They introduce motorcycles. Oh, like okay. dirt bikes and shit like that. Which I just want to see someone get fucking sniped headshot off a fucking motorbike. That'll be awesome. <laughs> or it would just be the same as every other game that has motorbikes and you snipe people. Don't worry, there'll be a million YouTube videos for it. Speaking of which, fucking hell, I don't know if you guys have seen this, and listeners, you need to fucking pause this right now and go on YouTube and search for Battlefield 3 Jet Swap. Okay? Now, if you've 
done what I just said and paused and gone and watched it, I'm going to explain to Tim and Susie what it is. There's a guy in a fucking jet in Battlefield 3 flying along, pulls it up vertical. He's got missiles locked on him, gets up in the air, ejects out of his plane. Fires an RPG into another jet and then gets back in his seat? No, he's looking down. He aims down at the fucking jet following him, snipes the pilot, falls and gets into the the other fucking jet. Oh, another one of them. Yes. That is ridiculous. He snipes a guy in a plane while he's falling out of the sky. Come on. Come on. I'm getting less and less impressed with that game every day. Oh, come on. That's pretty awesome. you got to admit it. No. Tim? It's like, yeah, all right. Good on you. But that's it's not awesome. I, I wouldn't say it's awesome. I don't know. I'm getting old. You, you, you know what will make it awesome? If I know for sure... That was the first time he did it. Well... You know why? Because for every one of these fucking videos, there's a thousand times that someone has absolutely failed the entire team trying to do exactly that. (laughs) They think of something to do, and you see them all the time doing dipshit stuff, and they look like the most silly things because they're trying to do something awesome for their YouTube video. You're breaking the wall for me, mate. You're breaking the fourth wall. I don't want it to be broken. I want to think (laughs) that he just happened to be frapping that game where he fucking Tim just frostbite Tim just frostbite to the the conversation with with that and I absolutely 110% agree with what Tim's saying because that's the sort of bullshit we've been seeing when we've gone to play these idiots sitting around trying over and over and over again to do these dumb shit things so that they can throw it on YouTube later going, look at my awesome video. Well, to and be fair, it's like four you have years. L- oh, look good on him. <laughs> That's fantastic. I am so glad that you had your PVR ready right at that very moment in time when you actually did it. Yeah. Well done. Well, well done, dude. Good call. Yeah. Look, but otherwise... What are the look, odds? Yeah, you... Yeah, you did something awesome. Well done. It's a video game. So <laughs> I, I don't know, but but just on that, yes, it, it look it looked pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing, it's and pretty even cool. if you you know. But the thing is, weren't those moments better when? I'm, I'm geez, we're really showing our age now. Before the internet and before fucking YouTube, where you just saw some guy do it, you all went whoa. You heard all the headsets go. You laughed your asses off, and then you told your mates about it. You know what I mean? And. Yeah. That was it, and it was a great moment for everyone playing. And now, you know, I'm sure that ever since I, I don't even looked, but I'm sure there's probably now a hundred videos of people, you know, saying, oh, "I did that thing where you get out and you shoot the RPG at the other plane." Yeah, it wasn't you know, an RPG. Uh, sniped the fucking. No, no, no. Player. I know, but no, the, the other first, one, the very the, first one. Well, the fir- yeah, the first one that did it, which to me makes it seem like okay, someone saw that RPG video and went, "Oh, I can do better than that." And they probably tried it and tried it and tried it. And... Well, I, I, we don't know. And, and that's the problem. Even if they did do it the first time, I think, unfortunately, the culture has cast aspersions on its authenticity. And that's a shame. Maybe he did just, he or she yeah. just did it off and good on him. But I feel like as cultural commentary on Battlefield, I just, you know, yeah, it was great. Like, seriously, it, it's not easy, even if they did practice. But even then, it, 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 ah, sorry, I, I've... 
the more I, I've been thinking about Battlefield and the more I've been, we've been playing um, Ghost Recon, although we haven't had a chance because we've been quite busy of late, I don't know, all the destruction and vehicles and huge space and animated trees and grass and awesome sound and awesome animation, it does have all these things, but for some reason it doesn't seem to make a really great game. I don't know. For me, and that's a personal thing, I know that there are billions of people who love Battlefield and I sort of loved it for a while too. I really did. Mm. Yeah, and I did too. Um, I, I, it was one game I I wanted to play so badly. I got it. It was broken. And then a week later, it was like, yeah, okay, still broken. Got a few games in. And then the whole population, majority, I won't say all, but majority of players just could not play the game. And now they've got these rented servers and uh, it's just, yeah... And now oh, there's well. more of it. They still have server problems. Still. So Battlefield Three Premiums eighty bucks. I think you get. <laughs> I think you get like a hundred a hundred bucks worth of value or something for it. Whatever. They in America it's fifty dollars US and eighty dollars of value. So do the fucking maths. Next. Look, it's probably a really good package for Battlefield fans, so yeah, that's nice. That's nice. So I thought I'd let you all know. Need <laughs> for Speed Most Wanted by Criterion. Yes or no? I actually haven't seen it, but if it's by Criterion, uh, it probably yes. looks pretty good. Yes, yes, yes. We don't need to go into it too much. Criterion made Hot Pursuit, which was their was- first entry into what? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was their first entry into Need for Speed after years of doing Burnout. Burnout. Um, they are fucking awesome at doing car games. So most wanted. And I, I saw some footage of interviews with some of the devs and they um, they seem pretty... Uh, like, they're pretty keen on it. They're pretty keen on doing most wanted. And, you know, you see developer interviews where they're like, yeah, we're really, we're really enjoying doing fucking Fable the Journey. But, you know, these guys <laughs> actually look legitimately, you know, keen to do it. Because they obviously said, you know what, we love the Most Wanted game and we want to do it. So they, you know, that's how, how I like to see it. That's um, pretty cool. So that'll do there. That's I don't know when that's coming out. I've got it written down somewhere. If it's I've got all the dates somewhere. If they were put out, uh, actually that was shown in the EA press conference, and there's an article on Drop Bear Gaming with the whole summary of the EA uh, and another one for the Ubisoft press conference, and I've got Microsoft half written up and Sony I haven't written up yet, but uh, you know. I might do that because I kind of like the idea of the whole press conference being summarized in one article rather than, you know, all these other sites out there. They put out like 50 fucking posts for each press conference. Yeah. And so you kind of lose track of the stuff there. Gets a bit lost. Yeah. Um, Is there anything out any of these other games that you guys want to mention? Because there's one or two that I wouldn't mind saying about before we talk a little bit more about the Wii U. Um, the only thing I want to say is Black Ops 2 looks more exciting. That's it. More exciting than what? Black Ops 1? Than the, no, no, no. Than the original, um, the original trailer that they launched on oh, yeah. May 1. Um, yeah. Treyarch, they're very good. 
Um, yes. And I still keep forgetting uh, the head, Treyarch's head director, Mark something. Uh, Guy. Guy. Um, <laughs> that's not his name. Mark but, Treyarch. Um, it's not Treyarch. I think of his... <laughs> his name's <laughs> Trey Mark. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Um, no, it looks good. Check it out. It'll be awesome. Um, and I'll be getting a Call of Duty Elite subscription. Like, I would happily pay the $80 Elite subscription for Black Ops 2. Absolutely. But I'm probably going to get the Hardened Edition again. So, <laughs> Okay. Um, who are we talking about? Mark? Is this supposed to be a guy in, involved in this? Yeah. Um, give me two seconds. I've got um, David Goya. This is fucking exciting. I'm going to have to edit this. Awesome. <laughs> Mark Lamia. That's it. Lamia. Boom. Uh, so, yeah, Black Ops 2. my... And my one of my wonderful friends, Claire, photobombed uh, tri- um, one of the Triac press conference photos as well. So, good on you, Claire. Claire gets a shout out, a free fucking shout out on Dropbox. <laughs> I hope she appreciates it. Um, Tim, anything else? Black Ops. Um, oh no, I was actually just going to ask you, you, what was the Sony presser good? You, you would because you would have watched them all. Yeah, actually, I, you know, Sony, they don't fuck around with dancing shit, but they do have the move, which you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Snakes and ladders, you know. Um, they showed off this thing called Wonderbook which is basically uses the PlayStation Eye. I'm going to try and rush through this because I don't want to talk about it for too long because it's a bit... I'm going to need to see more before I pass judgment on it, but I think it's going to suck balls. But I don't want to, you know... I hate to pan, <laughs> I hate to pan this shit because it's, it's, it's not new tech, but it's kind of a new use of the tech. Uh, so basically it uses the PlayStation Eye t- with augmented reality um, tech Kind of like, you know, iPad. Have you guys play, ever seen iPad? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Basically, you sit in front of your TV and it shows a little fucking animal running around in front of you. So uh, the Vita has AR stuff using these little cards, the same as um, the 3DS has, these little flashcards that you put down. Yep. So the Wonder Book is a book that you hold and it's about the size of a magazine from what I could see and on each page there's a different little AR symbol the same as what's on the Vita AR cards Yeah. and basically the idea of the Wonder Book is that it's it's going to be a platform for multiple different games that utilize it in a way so like a kid the, the example in the trailer the first example is Jack and the Beanstalk the kid opens the book and obviously nothing's going to appear on the book, but if you look at the screen, it shows you know Jack and the Beanstalk playing out out of the book and you're interacting okay. with it using a move controller. So I don't know about the um, the uses of it for an, an adult, but for a kid's from a kid point of view, I think it has potential. Sure. And one of the stories that they showed 
specifically for it is called Book of Spells, which is part of J.K. Rowling's Pottermore thing that she's been doing, which is kind of okay. like a a way for fans to get more canon knowledge of the Harry Potter world. And so basically the Book of Spells Wonder Book game is uh, your book becomes a book of spells that a student at Hogwarts would have. So it's a, basically a spell book and throughout it, as you would imagine a magic book in the Harry Potter world, the pictures move and you know it teaches you to cast different spells using the move controller. Ah, right. And each spell has a backstory on how that spell was discovered or created or whatever. Yeah, it could be fun. I, yeah, I think for kids... It yeah, I think yeah. Harry Potter fans will enjoy it, but my... The, this is going to be a constant problem for me with anything that uses a PlayStation Eye. The resolution on it is fucking shit. Unless your room is perfectly lit, it's not going to look very good. And even if it's perfectly lit, it's not going to look good. You can tell by watching that little section of the Sony press conference when they were showing it. You know, the bits coming out of the Wonder Book look fucking phenomenal. Yeah, for a right. cartoony kind of graphics, but good. And then all around it is this pixelated view of the real world. And it's like, you know, I mean, I suppose kids are going to still love that. But, you know, kids are getting more fucking used to decent shit. Well, a lot of them are playing on iPads and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, I feel like there needs to be an upgrade of the PlayStation Eye. But... I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't see it happening because they, you know, they don't they don't want to do that kind of thing. Well, speaking of cameras and peripherals, Matt, we you. Um, how's how's a? Uh, I didn't get to see the presser. Well, just before we you, I think yep. maybe just finish up everything else. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to. You know, we we we're, we're getting on. Um, <laughs> Just quickly, Quantic Dream, the guys who made Heavy Rain and Indigo yep. Prophecy slash Fahrenheit. New game called Beyond Two Souls, Beyond colon Two Souls, uh, starring Academy Award nominee Ellen Page, that you might who you might know from Juno or Inception. Uh. Uh, <laughs> she plays some kind of head fucked telekinetic crazy motherfucker, judging oh, by God. the trailer. Oh. Graphics are phenomenal. The motion capture is phenomenal. As you know, if anyone saw the Quantic Dreams little tech demo video, Cara, that shows off their new graphics engine, um, it looks fucking awesome. Whether or not David Cage can, you know, it's going to be a hit or a miss, or a hit and a miss. Uh, I'm sure. Uh. I'm sure it'll sell. Whether or not it's he, that good, yeah, you know, remains to be seen. But I think his games are very polarizing. Anyway, some people really, really love them. Like some people fucking love Heavy Rain, and some people think it's shit. <laughs> so there's that. Um, Assassin's Creed Three. There was another trailer shown for it, and a walkthrough as well of the game of a, one of the levels, and it looks fucking awesome. I can't wait for it. I love Assassin's Creed 3. I, well, I love Assassin's Creed. I'm looking forward to Assassin's Creed 3 because it has a new engine. Um, you were saying before about not liking Assassin's Creed. The reason I like it, the main reason, is the historical stuff in it. 
that's actually to be fair that that's actually what I like most yeah that I think that is the one that's the that man I just keep coming back for it so that's why I'm excited also for Assassin's Creed Liberation which is for the Vita and uh, it's a complete standalone Assassin's Creed game unrelated to Assassin's Creed 3 apart from being set in the same time period except that this time you play a half French half African assassin I nearly said ninja there look out (laughs) (laughs) it's not ninja creed Um, and she it's a girl and she's the first female protagonist in an Assassin's Creed game which is nice Give, give the girls a go. Uh, she has a blow dart thing, blowgun, dart blowgun. Is that what they're called? She shoots darts at people with a fucking pipe as well as uses a machete and stuff. Um, it has everything that you would expect from an Assassin's Creed game, like, you know, open world, running around, free-flowing combat, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, the history. Um, it's based in New Orleans, whereas Assassin's Creed 3 is up around Philadelphia and that kind of area where, cool. you know, Assassin's Creed 3 is basically the the Revolution War, whereas down at New Orleans, the Spanish are trying to take over Louisiana while the English are busy elsewhere. So that's what's going on there. Looks awesome, obviously, on the Vita screen. You know, the, the trailers look awesome. It, it remains to be seen if it, you know, because the re- resistance burning skies looked all right in the fucking trailers as well, but I I have faith in Ubisoft to pull out a pretty decent game for this. They also announced a bunch of um, exclusive stuff linking the two, where like if you get both, then you get bonus items and shit like that. And also the Assassin's Creed Three on PS3 will have four exclusive missions that are not on the Xbox version. Uh, they also announced Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified. For the Vita, mm-hmm. which will be coming out around the same time as Black Ops 2. And the last thing I want to talk about before we... Oh, no, sorry. UFC games coming to EA Sports. That was a pretty big announcement uh, because, obviously, THQ were doing all the all the UFC games. Now, in a coup, EA has taken it for the EA Sports no, no, um, nothing mentioned about dates for when it'll start coming out, but they said it's a multi-game, uh, multi-year, multi-game deal. So that's cool for UFC, UFC fans out there because EA Sports do a pretty good job. But what I really want to talk about, and we haven't talked about Halo 4, but don't worry about it, <laughs> Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 looks fucking awesome. Now, they showed a little bit of it in the Microsoft press conference, I believe. Did they? Am I... I don't know. Uh, it may have sure. been one of the bits that I skipped because there was so much talking. I don't know. I think that in, in the Ubisoft press conference, if you go and check out my Ubisoft post on Dropbear Gaming, there's a, I've got each of, the, each of the little bits split into clips. And, um, yeah, you can just go straight there and check out Far Cry 3, I think. Unless I didn't post that. Uh, anyway, the game looks fucking awesome. Um, hopefully it's better than Far Cry 2. It's got tigers. <laughs> so that's cool. And uh, it, it just seems really interesting. Kind of crazy. There's this whole insanity thing. It's on a bunch of little islands. And, you know, the kind of voodoo craziness 
theme. So I like. It's been said. It's been said that apparently you're not going to be some sort of you know real tough guy. That he's young. And, yeah, he's um, he's like a Gen Y traveler who ends up here like completely innocently, and gets. Well, and apparently, apparently, a lot of the things that happen are pretty upsetting to him. So that that could be quite interesting. Yeah, I hope and they make something of that. Yeah, and also the little trailer for it shows, um, a sort of semi-naked tribal woman with her titties out with paint on them. So if you like pixelated boobs, uh, <laughs> check that shit out. Um... <laughs> God. Yeah, no, it, it looks awesome. It's it's all about the changes that that guy goes through from being this innocent dude and then witnessing like atrocities committed against his fucking friends. Yeah. And how he just eventually is like, you know what, I'm going to fuck these. That's It's pirates. You know, there's a pirate theme here, um, and yeah, <laughs> it, it it looks fucking awesome. So keep an eye out for that because I think it's gonna be one to watch. Ubisoft, if you if anyone won E3, I reckon it's Ubisoft, and we can talk a bit more about that with Wii U. Oh really? Did Ubisoft show some Wii U stuff? Did eight Wii U games? By wow. Ubisoft. Now, Ubisoft are fucking awesome at supporting new platforms and new technologies. They had like four or... F- no. Michael Jackson, The Experience, <laughs> Injection, Injection, Dungeon Hunter Alliance. These are all Vita games that came out at launch by Ubisoft. Luminous, Rayman Origins. So there's at least six titles that they brought out for that. So they've got eight for the Wii U. Um... I kind of feel like we should go into the hardware before we go into the games, though. So, what do you guys think from what you've seen? I haven't seen a whole lot to really know too much. I haven't seen it running, so I don't know, you know, Mm. how it actually works. I've seen... I saw the first promo they released um, about how it's supposed to work, and that was all theory like you know they said it was you know there's a lot of stuff it can do yeah um i I did also you need that kind of shit that's i read i read about the social elements that they've um yeah the me verse yes so the me verse is the new uh well it's kind of like well obviously xbox and psn PS3 have their PSN and Xbox Live social... I suppose you can call it a social network, right? It connects your friends that you game with. So the idea with the Miiverse is... So you turn on your Wii U, and the first thing you see is this sort of area with a bunch of little Miis running around on it, and then little icons for games. And the Miis hover more closely around the different games and it gives you an idea of who is playing what. That's the idea there. But you can send text messages and drawn drawn picture messages that pop up on the screens of other people while they're on that sort of screen. It's hard to explain it because I don't quite understand it. But um, it seems like you know, oh, fuck yeah, the Miiverse, but then after about five minutes, you're going to be sick of it and people are just going to be drawing dicks and titties. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) 
So there's going to need to be parental controls on it, and one of those controls is going to be disable Miiverse, which, you know, because it's Nintendo, right? Majority of the games are for kids, and you don't want your kids seeing penises or sharing pictures of penises. No, look. The Wii gamepad also has a camera on it. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm sure people are out there sharing 3D pictures of their penis with the 3DS. <laughs> Already. I hope I didn't just share that idea with everyone. Because <laughs> if they're not, they sure are now. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, if you want to see what the Wii U can do, go and watch all the clips. Nintendo have been the most proactive at E3. I'll give them that. I don't want to say... The whole who won E3 thing's fucking dumb to say. Yeah. But if if there's an award for um, effort, Nintendo <laughs> get it because they went fucking all out. They've, they called their little thing Nintendo All Access at E3. They've got E3.Nintendo.com, which is like a running massive amount of fucking news and updates. They did developer roundtables. They did a pre-E3 thing where Iwata, the CEO or whatever, the president of Nintendo in Japan, did a little mini press press release conference thingy the night before yeah. E3 press conferences. And he basically went into saying things like, there's a GamePad Pro, which looks a lot like an Xbox 360 controller that's going to go with the, game, with the thing. Uh, mm. They announced they they've got heaps of stuff going on in Nintendo YouTube channel and all the all Facebook and Twitters and all that kind of stuff. So if you are that keen and you haven't been following that stuff already, I'd probably say go to e3.nintendo.com or the Nintendo YouTube page and see what they've got up there to find out more about that and Miiverse and stuff like that. So um, I guess oh big announcement you can use two game pads not just one as, as previously two of the pads with the screens yeah and everyone okay. else has to use Wii controllers now uh, it's very interesting because they they are marketing it using the strategy of saying you know that person who uses the game pad is going to experience a completely different game and that's going to be awesome but I kind of feel like there's going to be conflict in the, especially with kids, because Nintendo consoles obviously go for kids a lot, and a lot of the games that they showed were for kids. So there's going to be kids out there going, no, I want to hold the gamepad. No, I want to hold... Yeah. Oh, not sorry, they're not going to call it a gamepad. They're just going to call it a fucking screen or an iPad because mm. they're kids, and then it's going to get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you don't fucking put one thing in a group of four kids. Look, look. I bought a GameCube for various reasons, but the thing I ended up loving about it most was, uh, and I wish I got paid for every time I mentioned this game, for Eternal Darkness, um, which was Dennis Dyack's best game before he went crazy. Now, And now all these games are great. For different reasons. Well, his last game was too human, and his next game is not human yeah. enough. Well, is well, well, I don't know. So <laughs> now, 
uh, whatever issue there will be with kids, if there is a game or if there are a couple of games that make really good use of that screen somehow, in a way not depicted in any way that they've been promoting it, you know, then I don't know. Then it could be good, but I can't see it. Well, okay, here's two examples that they heavily promoted in their press conference. And all no, not in their press conference. Batman Arkham City, which... I think is retarded for various reasons, and I will will go into it, but I'm going to start with Rayman Legends, which is one of the eight uh, Ubisoft games, and it is the sequel to Rayman Origins and has only been announced for Wii U now. I'm sure they're going to bring it out on the other consoles, but at this point, it's only been announced for Wii U, which makes it a Wii U exclusive at this point. Um the use of the gamepad in that is pretty interesting because obviously with Rayman Origins, you could have four-player drop-in, drop-out co-op, right? Yep. And it's a platformer, which is cool. So in this, you can have up to four players using Wiimotes, right? And I assume gamepad pros, the ones that Xbox controller-looking ones. Um, uh, maybe not. Might just be that it doesn't matter. For, for the example that they showed four people using Wiimotes playing along as normal fifth person holding the gamepad and the gamepad controls a little character that floats along on the screen he, he operates completely different to all the other characters but as you go through the levels there's certain things that you can only operate using the gamepad character by slicing or getting floating him up to high enough to where he's the only one who can reach stuff. And it opens up different things for the other players to use. Right. Which is kind of interesting. But again, the person with the gamepad is going to need to know what the fuck they're doing. Well, I suppose not really. But if you're a perfectionist, game completionist, you're going to get the shits if the guy using the gamepad is a fucking idiot. <laughs> but um so that's that you can learn more by looking at the clip in um my ubisoft post which i will mention again but batman arkham city uses the screen for a number of different things the first thing that comes to my mind is the batarang remote control of a batarang where you tilt it and use the gyroscope to adjust the direction of the batarang and the screen on the gamepad shows you the view from the Batarang as it's flying along. Which I suppose is alright. But from from experience, that the only decent use of that kind of tilting controls that I've seen in a game so far that doesn't get immediately old is uh, in Uncharted Golden Abyss on the Vita where... You could use it to fine-tune your aiming with a sniper or, or other weapons. So I don't know if you guys have seen any of it, but it, basically you press your aim button as you normally would and you can aim using the analog sticks, but then slight movements of the Vita let you pinpoint where you're aiming. Which, I can see how that could be good, yeah. yeah. If the sensitivity is done right, which oh, it was, from what you say, yeah. It was beautiful yeah. in Uncharted. Every other game that I've played on the Vita, like I played Unit 13 and Resistance, both of them, I automatically, as I would take aim, I would like tilt to try and aim better. And I was like, oh, wait, this game doesn't support that. But it's such a... Mm. It's, it's just so comfortable. And 
you know, to to do that. I could even see them. I can't believe they didn't do that with the PS3 controller, where you can slightly. Right. Talk, oh, I suppose it probably wouldn't work the same way with that. But um, yeah. They, I mean, so in that, it might be good with the battering thing, but I don't know. The next thing is like your inventory. In Arkham City shows up and like um, skill abilities and stuff like that. Selections is on the gamepad and then this like detective mode looking through the fucking holding up the gamepad in front of the screen and it changes, you know, x-ray view and kind of things like that looking through it, which I suppose is interesting. But the problem is that Batman Arkham City Armored Edition, which is the Wii U version, is going to be the exact same game as Arkham City on the other fucking systems except that it's going to add a couple of different combat methods based on the the Wii U controller I don't even know if there's any new levels right so anyone who's interested in Batman Arkham City has already fucking played it yeah so I don't see people going fuck yeah Armored Edition I'm going to buy a Wii U so I can play that Mm. so it seems like an odd choice for a to be pushing it so heavily Zombie U is another Wii U game by Ubisoft, and that's like a Dead Rising style, slow-moving zombies, apocalypse. Um, the gamepad can be used sort of like, so you run up to a door, and it has a, a key in, like to a key and a pin number to open the door, and the pin pad, keypad shows up on the gamepad, and you type the number with your finger. So, the things like that. That's not the only thing, obviously. You can watch a trailer to see it all, but yeah. there's some there's some interesting uses, but... Like in this thing, Nintendo Land, which is like a little sort of theme park thing which has like a 20 different game experiences. It's like a tech demo for the Wii U that you'll get when you get your Wii U. It'll come with it, kind of like Wii Sports. Yep. And it has all that like... Swiping the screen to shoot, shooting stars. Like, what were they called? It's ninja stars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. It's, it's like, yeah, it looks competent, but it's, I, it doesn't leave me going. I mean, I can see the Nintendo fanboys out there, all going, yeah, fuck yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But I'm just like, <sighs> it needs really, really creative implementation. It, look, it, it provides very interesting opportunities. Um, oh, HD so, for Nintendo games. People oh, fuck it. It's about them. time. You know, yeah. Like Mario U, Super Mario Brothers U, which is, looks the same as every other fucking Super Mario Brothers game. But Nintendo fans like it, so good on them, mate. Whatever. <sighs> There's going to be a new Smash Brothers. Silence. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> oh yeah, they showed off more of um PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale at the Sony conference. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting one. Uh it's coming out on the Vita as well and they showed four player like four people playing the same game. Two of them were using PS3 controllers and two of them were using Vitas. Oh, cool. Which is pretty cool if you ask me, and that means that there should be a fucking bundle that gets you both of the versions for cheap. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> and they announced Nathan Drake from obviously Uncharted and Big Daddy from Bioshock as playable characters okay do you guys want to say anything else about a Wii U 
I don't. No, I don't really have anything. I'm struggling to get really interested in it, and I feel bad. I feel good. No, uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, I think that's really all you can say about it. it. It doesn't matter what it has or what it can do. It it will live or die on its games. So if you're even slightly interested, I would highly suggest you go and check out the Nintendo press conference because they announced like fucking thirty games for it. There's a lot, and I think about ten of them are Mario. Oh God! <laughs> Not ten, five. There's Paper Mario for 3DS as well, which I don't even know what Paper Mario is. So it's that I, I, my Nintendo knowledge is fucking minimal. Uh, no, Paper Mario is very well, um, very well received RPG. It, it's got some great humor and some great writing in it, so I can understand that. Um, I'm sure people you know, love it. Fans, fans will be pleased. It's it is something very different from. It's a big departure from the usual Mario platforming, etc. So. Mm. So yeah, um, I guess that'll do us. Uh, yeah. Uh, we won't go into our what the predictions were that we made because it was just Luke, Lucas and I doing the predictions on the last episode. I think. Because it got cut off halfway, and I can't remember what any of them were, except that I did. <laughs> I did mention, I did mention Forza Horizon, which was announced. Thank you very much. <laughs> you won. You win E3, Matt. Uh, actually, any disappointments quickly before we go? Anything you wanted to see that you didn't see? No, because I don't have ridiculous expectations when it comes to game showcases. I kind of wanted to see a new Infamous. Or more Vita games. I thought the Sony press conference was really light on Vita stuff, which is a fucking idiot move. But whatever. I haven't. Uh, I'm disappointed that I just haven't had the time and headspace to to catch up with it this year and spend more time on it. Um, their Indiecade was there, and there may have been some really awesome indie games shown, and I just haven't been able to dig for them. So. Um, Maybe yeah, more that next said, episode. If you possibly. if you spot anything good, yeah, I can I can try and look into it. Um, but that being said, uh, I guess what I'm most keen about that you and I have talked about, Matt, is um, Giant Sparrow and and uh, the Incubation Program, uh, yeah, Santa Monica's unfinished swan. unfinished swan. And I guess I already love it enough that well, I don't want to spoil any more. There was a quick I'm, mention oh, of it. They, oh, yeah. they did quickly mention that, and they mentioned that Journey is the highest-selling PSN game of all time. Oh, fantastic. Well, well earned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and there was a big update to PlayStation Plus. If you want to know more about it, there's an article on Drop Bear Gaming that explains it more. A uh, bunch of fucking free games. So it's worth checking out. Uh, that'll do. I think we've covered a fair bit of stuff here. Yeah. Just one or two things. <laughs> uh, time will tell. I wanted to mention Microsoft's smart glass tech, but fuck it. Uh, it it's phone integration with the console, so yeah, let's see. It has interesting ramifications. Yes. I think. But, and thank Christ it isn't just Windows Mobile because, yeah, that would fall flat on its ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and they changed the name of Zune to Xbox Music, FYI. <laughs> so if you watch the Microsoft press conference where they say, our brand new music app, Xbox Music, it's Zune. Renamed oh, okay. and re- probably redone a little bit. 
but it reminds me a fucking lot of Zune. But it's, yeah, because Zune has like that whole unlimited music subscription thing, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So basically it's that. Um, that'll do us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me, Susie and Tim, and not joining me, Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think. And if there's anything that you liked, email us at podcast at dropbeargaming.com or tweet us at dropbeargaming or go to facebook.com slash dropbeargaming or comment on this post or comment on any of the E3 posts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sweet. Go for it. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm fucking exhausted because I've had a big week of looking at stupid press conferences and watching Reggie Fisa v- v- me from Nintendo act like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I just can't get over how scripted they're fucking... Uh, unreal, unreal. If you want to see them uh, like a fucking slow motion train wreck, go and watch the fucking Nintendo press conference. <laughs> it's like the jokes, the scripted jokes they tell at the Academy Awards, but it's weird because the audience laughs anyway. Oh, with a fucking it's, delay. It's like... I know. It's like, oh, we were supposed to uh, laugh at that bit. Yeah. So. Reggie Fees and me goes, okay, we've got this guy coming in, executive producer in charge of fucking th- 3DS games. He's coming out now. He's only got a couple of minutes because we want to go really heavy on Wii U, so we're not going to give him a lot of time. Old matey comes out and goes, thanks, Reggie. Only a couple of minutes. Jeez, where's the love? Five seconds later. He chuckles nervously and the crowd laughs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. On that note. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Thanks, guys. Um, goodbye. Cool. See you, everyone.